Hi, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising as One podcast. Before we begin, I'd love to thank several sponsors. I'd like to thank the Beautiful Game Network first. You can find all their stuff at bgn.fm. They're responsible for getting many great USL podcasts out, so please give them a look. Also go to firebirdsoccer.net. This is the new website for our former Firebird Rising coverage, so you can find all sorts of great coverage for Phoenix Rising FC and other soccer-related news in the state of Arizona, all at firebirdsoccer.net. And lastly, we would like to thank Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is a uh, sponsor for, you know, MLS teams, USL teams, all sorts of other stuff. So go to Roughneck Scarves and find a scarf today. And now let's get on to the show. Hello, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising as One podcast, and I am joined by a special guest today, John Macaluso. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey guys, I'm John Macaluso, host of 1868 Weekly, a podcast that covers all Reno 1868 Weekly shenanigans. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, and as for social media, we are available for social media shenanigans. <laughs> On Twitter at 1868 Weekly. Nice, nice. And for those Reno listeners who might not be familiar with the Rising as One podcast, we are available on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. And we are also available on Twitter at Rising Pod. Uh, we always share our episodes right there. So no matter how you want to get in, con- in touch with us, you can do so. So enough with that, with uh, hyping ourselves up, let's get right into this match preview. And I want to start with the Reno side of things. Mm -hmm. You guys have been a tricky club to figure out uh, with some ups and downs this season, but lately you've been in a good run of form. Why has that been the case? I think it's, uh, it has a lot to do with team chemistry. I was writing the script for, uh, the the new 1868 weekly episode and that was one of the big notes that I kind of put down as to why they beat the Portland Timbers last two last night season we had the San Jose earthquakes we have an affiliation with them we had them giving us or putting down players as late as the night before a match and I think that kind of messed with the team's chemistry and last night they kind they just meshed and and on Saturday night against the the Tulsa Roughnecks and then the Wednesday prior to that against RGV, you could also see a lot of that chemistry, you know. So I think that has a lot to do with it. And, yeah, they've just been playing really well. They've been making the most out of opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a huge part of it. And which players in particular have fueled this resurgence for Reno? I know... There are a couple familiar names from last season. Uh, Chris Weehan has made some appearances. Antoine Hoppenot. Uh, who else has been part of this resurgence? I think if if resurgence, it kind of defend, depends on how far you're going back. I imagine the last three games. I think you got to look at Duke LaCroix. He's been all over the field offensively. 
been all over the field defensively. He's had a ton of opportunities, but he actually just got his first goal of the season last night against the Timbers, too. And he's he's just been really, really great. There were also a few times where the Timbers could have scored, and in all honesty, probably should have scored. But LaCroix was there to, to clear the ball. So he's been really an important part in the last three or four matches for Reno. Okay. And if there's one guy that we have to keep our eyes on as rising fans on the Reno squad, who would it be? It's got to be Brian Brown. I mean, he's just two goals away or two goals shy of tying the Reno 1868 FC single season goals record. He has 16 goals right now, whereas the record stands at 18 from Dane Kelly last year. So he's he's very good. He's fast. He he really makes good on on many of the opportunities given to him. Brian Brown's the guy that Phoenix Rising fans should definitely keep an eye on Saturday. Yeah, and. I think a lot of people might not realize this, but Reno has the third best goal difference in the Western Conference. Mm. Um, it hasn't seemed that way because usually we're looking down at this club, and uh, I know there was one brief day there, or maybe a week or something, where you guys were ahead of us. But um, but yeah, it's because you guys have been in that sixth, seventh spot for a lot of this season. We haven't really thought of you guys as a true contender, but that goal difference speaks volumes about what the Reno attack can do. Mm-hmm. What should we be concerned about going into this match? I think a big part of that Reno attack is possession for for Reno. Last night against the Timbers 2 is a really good example. Reno really likes keeping possession, really likes hanging onto the ball, and doing so kind of uh, stops turnovers and slows down the offense of the other team. In addition, especially lately, Reno has really been taking advantage of opportunities. Uh, a little bit earlier in the, well, earlier in the season, as in like, I don't know why I said it like that, but a couple of weeks ago, um, a month ago, we'll go to a month ago, uh, Reno was not uh, making the best out of these opportunities. And I think in order to keep up the pace and and play the game that Reno is best at. Possession is key. And then through that possession, opportunities come up and Reno can most certainly capitalize on those. Okay. Now, way, way back in March, like the last day of March, we played you guys up in Reno. It was a pretty dreary match. Solomon Asante ends up winning and converting a penalty and added time for a 1-0 win. Does this mm-hmm. Reno team bear any resemblance to that squad? Not at all, no. Uh, like I was saying earlier, there there wasn't too much chemistry at the time. And that was, I, I definitely remember talking to Coach Ian Russell, and he was very frustrated about the fact that San Jose would send down these players last minute and completely mess up his game plan and everything like that. So... It, it's definitely the the lineup, the roster has definitely solidified a lot since then. Also, I think I don't think that Brian Brown and Antoine Opino really found their groove up uh, up until I think that under that huge undefeated streak started a little bit earlier in the season. 
And that, it kind of died down a little bit, like halfway, and I'm not really sure what happened. I can't really explain how Reno kind of, you know, fell out of that groove. But Reno's definitely back in right now, and it's due to chemistry and then a lot of players finding their own. Seth Kasipli is also one of those players who's just been really great uh, within the last month. Uh, Duke LaCroix, as mentioned before, Antoine Opino, doing what he does, finding people. He leads the the team in assists, and he now has the uh, franchise's assist record. He has 13 assists so far this season. And then, you know, Brian Brown's been scoring. Reno also has a lot of depth. Mo Chow has been really good on the attack. Lindo Mafeka is really quick, really good with his handles, really good with his feet. And, you know, Seth Kasipli, Zach Carroll has been a huge staple in the 1868 defense. Things are just gelling really well. And that's a huge part as to why they're so different now than they were back at the beginning of the season. Now, with playoffs coming up, you guys are probably looking at fifth seed. Maybe you jump to fourth. Maybe you drop to sixth. But most likely that fifth seed. So there is the possibility we play you guys in the second round. Do you guys up in Reno feel like you're better prepared for the playoffs this season as opposed to last? Oh, that's that's a little bit of a tough question to answer because we thought we were game last year and then we were one and done. And... Uh, and that, that was pretty rough. So I don't think you can ever really be too sure about playoffs. Anything can happen. That's part of the, you know, the, the fun and excitement about playoffs. I can say, though, that we here in Reno are very confident with, with the team. We're confident with uh, Coach Ian Russell. And we feel like we can go out there and, and beat anybody. So I think that these next two games coming up, Reno has uh, Phoenix Rising on Saturday and then the Orange County FC the week after that. I think that these two games are going to be a huge test and that'll, I think they'll have to answer your question uh, on the pitch. We'll have to see. This is a big indication of whether or not Reno is ready for the playoffs. Right. And uh, I'm sure you have questions for us on our side. I, I definitely understand that, um, anything can happen in the playoffs last year mm-hmm. because our match against Swope was, you know, one of the worst, most gut-wrenching losses. Um, you know, play the first half, rain, rain out, postpones the rest of the match until the next day, and then it goes to extra time, and then we go up in extra time, then concede a goal where right. the play could have even been stopped because Drogba was on the ground for a while before they scored, um, mm-hmm. and then shootout. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's rough. Playoffs, playoffs can be really, really great. Playoffs can be really, really, really awful, <laughs> and that's that's one of the moments where it's just like, oh man, you know, it doesn't really get any worse. Yeah. But at least we're both in, right? Right, yes. Both have clinched. Super exciting. Uh, second year of Reno's existence and second year in the playoffs. So that's pretty exciting. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I got a couple questions for you. I think your question about uh, who to look out for is a really good one. So who do Reno fans look out for on Saturday? Um, a lot of people might be expecting me to say Didier Drogba, but... He actually has not played for us a lot this season. He was out from the end of May until last week against St. Louis. 
when he finally made a return to the pitch. He was okay. He had some good flashes. Um, almost scored a goal on a header that was cleared off the line. But, you know, he definitely tired out in the second half. And I'm not sure if he'll play this weekend. I do know that Solomon Asante is going to play. And this man can do it all. He is the shortest player on the pitch, so you'll have no trouble finding him. And when he's on that pitch, he is doing everything possible to get our attack going, whether that's dribbling past three, four defenders, whether that's, you know, a great cross into the box to set up one of our goal scorers, Chris Cortez, Johnson, Drogba, whether that's scoring the ball himself, which he did six times in the month of August. Um, He can put it in from outside the 18-yard box. He can... Uh, get some cheeky finishes in the box and I'll, I'll tell you right now if you give him the ball with one half second to shoot it on his right foot you're going to be in trouble because all he needs is a nanosecond of space of time inside the box and he'll blast it um, so Solomon Asante is the guy that Reno fans should keep an eye out on because He's just so involved in the attack. He's always getting things going on that right wing. Um, Drogba, if he plays, will be another guy to watch. And then Chris Cortez, if he plays. Um, Kind of an interesting debate that's been going on down here is, can Drogba and Cortez play together? And if not, who's going to start? Because all Chris Cortez has done this season is score 17 goals, set the franchise record for goals. Um, you know, kind of like a Billy Brown uh, for Reno. Not They're not necessarily the same player, but they both take advantage of their opportunities and score some, score some big goals without getting quite the respect that maybe they deserve in other places around the league. But um, Chris Cortez is another big piece. But you have Didier Drogba. Now he's back in the fold, and we're two weeks away from playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see whether Cortez or Drogba get the start or if we try to play them together and see what that's all about. Um, Carl Wazinski should be good in net. He has had a bunch of clean sheets lately. We have clean sheets in six of our last eight matches, so he will be another name to watch. But really, I would look for Solomon Asante. And uh, speaking of Cortez, he scored on... uh... He scored against St. Louis the other night uh, in added time. Do you think that St. or do you think that Phoenix Rising will be implementing any kind of strategies that they used in the match against St. Louis for Saturday's match against Reno? I mean, that's an interesting question. We didn't play our best match by any stretch of the imagination against St. Louis, um, but I would expect the formation to be the same. We largely used a 4-2-3-1 since Rick, Rick Schantz became our head coach. Um, you know, towards the end of Patrice Carterone's tenure, he was experimenting with a three-back system. Um, it had good results against the lower teams, but really we got gashed a couple times against quality opposition. So we've been firm with that 4-2-3-1, and it's worked. So I would expect us to come out like that. Um, not too many changes in the lineup from what you saw against St. Louis. Maybe up top you will see a couple changes, and the ones to look out for are maybe Devin Vega coming into that central midfield role and potentially Billy Forbes on that left wing. But 
you know, largely same tactics, same lineup as we used against St. Louis. Uh, another interesting thing to look for in that matchup, I wouldn't be surprised if Reno does have more of the possession, but with Phoenix Rising, just because we don't have most of the possession, that doesn't necessarily correlate to having fewer chances. We can still mm -hmm. generate a lot of chances, even if we only have 45%. One of the things that Reno has been a little bit suspect about this season has been the counterattack. So um, how is Phoenix Rising's counterattack? Strong. Mm. Uh, especially if Devin Vega is getting that start. It's right. strong. Um, you know, it'll be... And, and, of course, you have... And here's the reason why. I mean, you have... You know, Owako, even if he starts, he's a good distributor to the wings. And on the wings, we have a bunch of speedy dudes. We have Asante on the right wing. We have either Shaft Brewer or Billy Forbes on the left wing. We have Kavan Lambert, who can spring attacks as a defensive mid. He can even come up for some runs. And then in the middle, you have guys who know how to finish, whether it's Drogba or Chris Cortez or even maybe Jason Johnson. Those guys all know how to finish. So it's pretty good. Cool. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Like, <laughs> we've, we've scored a couple goals that way in recent matches, so... No, I think I think uh, it's an important question because I think that's going to be a big part of of how this match, you know, plays out. Timbers too had a few chances on the counterattack and they couldn't capitalize. In fact, all three teams during the current winning streak had chances to counterattack, and Reno has just been been really has been better than usual at stopping it lately. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any other questions, Phoenix Rising related? No, I mean, other than uh, other than how how confident you are about Reno coming to town on Saturday. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I feel less confident about this match than I do about our final two. Our final two being Wednesday in Las Vegas, and then next Saturday against Timbers 2 mm -hmm. at home. Um, Reno is just a team that always plays us tricky. I mean, you go back to 2017 and you guys crushed us down here. Uh, and then we were lucky to escape with a nil-nil. And then, you know, even at the beginning of this year, we easily could have lost that match um, and probably should have drawn that match. So you guys are always a tough team to go against. Um Whereas I feel like we have Vegas's number and I feel like we have Timbers 2's number. Um, so I, do I still think we can come away with a win? Probably. But no result would be too surprising from this mm -hmm. I I mean, yeah, I think, I think Reno fans are a little concerned about the match as well. Um, or wary, I think would probably be a better word. Not necessarily concerned. Um, yeah, both teams are in the playoffs, so that's not a concern. Um, Phoenix Rising has clinched home field advantage, so that's not a concern for you guys. Reno is fighting for the home field advantage right now, but um, 
tough a tough end of the year for Reno with with you guys coming up and then uh, Orange County after that. But we'll have to see what happens. It's going to be a great game either way, I think. For sure, and I I think one thing we talked briefly about off air that's worth mentioning is when we aren't playing each other after this Saturday, we're best friends because. Mm-hmm. We need you guys. We, we don't need you, uh, but we would certainly appreciate if you guys took points off of Orange County next Saturday. And I'm sure you guys would love to see us just smash Vegas and then take care of Timbers too so they have no possibility to jump you guys. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, it would be mutually beneficial for us to finish the seasons strong um, regardless of how Saturday's match shakes out because... You know, if you guys beat Orange County, we probably end up as the top seed. And if uh, if we take care of Timbers too, then you guys have no chance of falling below fifth. So mm-hmm. and getting that matchup with Real Monarchs, which is looking pretty tasty right about now. Oh yeah, yeah. They're Real Monarchs are uh, are not in good form. <laughs> So I think I think anybody that that draws the Real Monarchs will, will uh, at least have a better chance than um, the other three for sure. Um, although we wouldn't mind facing off against Sacramento either, but that's that's because of you know rivalry. They're only a couple hours away. Um, but yeah, still going for that that a home playoff game would be better than all of that. <laughs> So we'll have to see what happens, but definitely rooting for you guys against the Timbers, and we will do our best at taking down Orange County next week. It would be greatly appreciated. We hope we don't need that result, but it would be nice. (laughs) For both of us. Yes. Uh, Do you have anything to add before we sign off? No, I think we're good to go. Thanks for uh, letting me on the show and all that jazz. No problem, and be sure to check out John Macaluso on the Reno 1868 Weekly Podcast. Thanks again. like to thank our sponsor Roughneck Scarves. Roughneck Scarves is the official scarf supplier for MLS, USL, and US soccer. So be sure to go to roughneckscarves.com and get some of their products. We hope you enjoyed the show.